Hey listeners, welcome to another episode of the Kids Ministry 101 podcast. We are talking about family ministry. Jana Magruder and I had the opportunity to sit down and have some great conversations at our Etch conference with several thought leaders in student and family ministry. And so we're excited to bring you this conversation that we had at Etch. I hope you enjoy. Okay. Hey, Chuck, we're here at Etch once again. Hey, Jana, what's up? We're looking at the Nashville skyline. We are. It's a bright, beautiful day. I see just a few clouds. Um, We have a great topic today, but before we get there, I want to ask you a question to get us started. Let me me get in the question mode. Ready? Okay. okay. All right, go ahead. Just a warning. This is going to actually date you. So what was your first computer? My first computer? Okay. So I was in, I don't know, maybe ninth or 10th grade, Mm -hmm. and we we got an Apple. Ooh. It was actually an Apple. I don't and think it was called a Mac. No. But it was like Macintosh. an Apple. Macintosh. Was it called yeah, it was a Macintosh? Macintosh? Yeah. And I remember writing, like learning to write little simple programs on there. Yes. And creating like a blackjack game. I remember like in uh-huh. school we had to take basic. Blackjack. Okay. Do you remember basic? Yes. Yes. So I, we t- I took a class in school at, yes. uh, that was basic programming. You could write all these little Yeah. Macros I think I took that too, were. but I didn't really do the homework or anything. See, so but I, I like the one thing that I... <laughs> I did. This is great. I was able to figure out, I, and I don't know, it was like an assignment. So I'm, I, it wasn't like I want, but I figured out how to make like a slot machine. Where so like things would come up. slot yes, machines, right. yes. and we're working and for but this other the, Like if That's it came right. up with three numbers that were the same, you know, ding, 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 it changed color. Ooh. Okay. Big, no, there was nice. no money that came out. It was just, it turned colors. Yeah. Cool. And do you remember, so what was your first computer? You know, I remember working on computers in my um, little school in Houston um, on, we had a little room of Macintosh computers. That was funny because it seemed like Macintosh was first on the scene in terms of schools, but then they went away and... um, They were giant too. They were giant. And And they had like the five inch floppy, mm -hmm, the floppy disks. The floppy disks. And then um, I went... When when I got married and we moved to Austin, that's the land of Dell, and that was the the, the years. The land of Dell. The land the land of Michael Dell, who invented you know whatever he invented. Right, I'm sorry, I didn't new- know that he had, Dell had a first name. Michael Dell. I didn't know that. <laughs> and then you had the is Dell Texas history. Yes, it is Texas. Okay, so it's modern Jana history. is a Texan, and she knows you, you know all the Texas. What else history. you want to know? I don't. I didn't know uh, that. Okay. I didn't I, know. All I will Michael tell you Dell. about Michael Dell is that he dropped out of UT because he got rich so fast after building this amazing computer. So the rest is history. Wow. Um, when Michael, my husband, and I moved to Austin, not Michael Dell, not Michael Dell, other Michael, <laughs> Magruder, Michael, Michael Magruder. That's right. Um, and and he was a Dell guy, and so the Mac thing hadn't become cool again yet. So. He was a Dell guy, Dell PC, and um, when we moved to Austin, Austin had already gotten this vibe of of being kind of a high-tech town because of Dell, and that when they went public, all those people who started on Dell became Dellionaires. Ooh, nice. I bet so they that, did. That, that, that today right, I, is so still like the a term used in Austin or maybe even broader Texas as, well, you know, they're a Dellionaire. I would have liked to have been the guy who came up with the word because it's a good word. <laughs> I would have okay, liked to have been the, remember, guy, the girl remember, who sold her stock well, for and sure. became one. <laughs> do you remember where you were or what phase in life when you had the internet for the first time? Yeah, that was, at, that was in college at Baylor. So it was like in the library. In the lab. Right, you or, had to go to the lab yeah, and it was all dialed yeah, up. Yeah, totally. Man, I remember the first internet that I had was at a job. Uh-huh. I worked for Video Maker Magazine in Northern Chico, California. Shout out Chico. 
What up, NorCal? What do you say? Come on, NorCal. We don't say anything. We're just like, yeah, okay, whatever. Just shout out, okay? Uh, So, anyhow, Northern, and that's where I was. I was at my job as a magazine editor, Mm -hmm. and we got the internet for the very first time. Mm -hmm. And I remember using Alta Vista to search for stuff. Oh, I forgot about Alta Vista. Mm -hmm. It was so primitive and slow, and it was brand new. And so we have seen all these changes in technology. Completely. To where now, with the brand new iPhone 11. Oh, yeah. Right? It's got everything that you ever need. Camcorder, music player, audio recorder, it's a TV. It's, I mean, all of it in your hands. And And it's amazing. Do you remember when you got your first phone? The flip phone. The flip phone? (laughs) For sure, yeah. And my my first flip phone was big. It wasn't a little cute flip phone. It had the antenna that you pulled out? Yeah, it had an antenna. It was like it took up your whole hand. Like one of the military phones? You did not put it in your pocket. I mean, you had to have a bag or something. I remember the car phone. Yeah, my roommate had the car phone in a bag or whatever. With a big cord, like a real phone. Yes, yes. Okay, well, we talked about this. So now you'll all know how old we are, which is sad. Okay, I know our, so I, whether you're with us, listener, whether you're with us and you're like, oh, yeah, I got my story. You know you do. Tell somebody. Find, here's my deal. If you're an Xer like us yes, or older, Gen X rules. find, Not find really. a millennial or younger mm-hmm. and tell them your stories. They'll, they will laugh. Yeah, true. So if you're a millennial or younger and you're listening to this, laugh at us. That's yeah, all right. Just laugh. You can laugh. We own it. We are who we are. <laughs> But if you're Xers like us, which I mean, which is the best generation? It really is. Right. And we're, we, we, you and I have decided we're on a mission to make dude, that known. Best music. We got the best music. Yes. We had the best sitcoms. Yes. Best movies. Right. It and all, the, our children are all li- reliving it because can, 90s culture was such a I big mean, deal. So right, Trey? See, our producer fashion, here is, is looking at us and he's the one laughing because he's clearly a millennial, which we love millennials. We love Trey. We love Trey. Right. But he is just shaking his head like, you people, I can't believe you're my leaders. Well, I know, because he's like, you're also could be my parents, which exactly. is a whole other <laughs> podcast episode that we're not going to today. Okay, so you said you, we were going to date ourselves. Yes. And so now, okay, there we go. There we go. But. You're older, though. Reg- <laughs> yes, I'm older, though. You are still young, and you always will be compared to me. However. Let's get to technology. That's yeah. where we were, technology. Technology right. today is so different. Man, it's changed everything. Yeah. And so that, so being connected in the connected world where, where we have, I mean, we used to have encyclopedias, right? Now everything that you need, you have mm-hmm. access to all the knowledge of the entire history of humanity in the palm of your hand. On Google. And you don't even have to click anything. You can speak it and be like. That's right. Have Siri will tell you whatever you want to know. That's right. And so, but it, cha- <laughs> it changes families. Mm-hmm. It changes the access that our kids have to the world and more, probably more frightening, it changes the access that the world has to our kids. Exactly. Right, because there was a day when we could protect our kids from strangers and we could protect our kids from different ideas we and thoughts. We only used to worry about white vans. That's it. <laughs> With puppies. Right, just right. white <laughs> vans and candy. That's the only kind of stranger danger that we were aware of. Okay, so we're recording this episode at the Etch Family Ministry Conference in mm-hmm. Nashville. And last night we had Johnny W, a comedian, was here. Yes. And he talked about how, you know, when, when he was little, that, that his parents would tell him, don't talk to strangers, right? And don't take candy from strangers. Mm-hmm. And he said, then you go to church and they teach you that, you know, there's delicious candy in the trunk of cars ah. in your fall festival. Nice. So that's a whole, again, There we go, discussion. church. There so, we go. So on technology, on technology, um, our guest is Tony Bianco. Tony. Hello. Welcome. Yes. You're, he's Welcome. over here Thank shaking you. his head and, and laughing. It's embarrassing. It's fine. I'm an exennial, so okay. which is like oh, a it's, all, like, it's like a sub category because I grew up just 
early enough without technology, but then mm -hmm. like the personal computer came in when I was in high school. So right. I know what life was like before right. and You're after. not a digital so, native. No. Yeah. So um, in other words, you grew up actually playing outdoors. Yes. Yeah. Then, outdoors, yeah, no screens, except worlds. for Saturday morning cartoons, right. yes. you know, and then once you got to high school, it was AOL Instant Messenger. Like that was yeah. life. And then you got the phone that <laughs> didn't text, but mail. only could make phone calls and maybe play snake i don't know i mean that was it yeah. um and it wasn't until after i was married that uh, the iphone came out which was right. I mean, you know revolutionary you know, completely changed the game but now the generation of kids who are alive who are in our ministries you exactly lead, right you lead ministry you're in the middle school area yes at houston's first that's right and and so you are living on the front lines of this as oh, yeah. we are as parents sure jen and i both have kids that could be in your ministry yeah, yeah. And you see the impact of technology. You've seen the, uh, the the negative impact of technology and the positive. Yeah. And so we want to unpack that with you. Sure. Um, we know we have listeners of all ages. So we have listeners who are digital natives who are leading ministries. Right. We have listeners who are who who remember days before there were cell phones. Sure. Who are leading still. And we all want to be effective in serving this current generation. We all right. want to do that in a way that is. Um, that's authentic mm -hmm. and that's effective. And so help us, in, in, uh, enlighten us. Yeah. Talk to us about this impact of technology and, and where do we begin? Yeah, so for me, um, I feel like parents have a hard time with this. And I think once parents understand why they have such a hard time with this, that they uh, begin to kind of have these aha moments where they're wondering why is this area of parenting so hard um, compared to maybe some other areas that you know seem already kind of, oh yeah, we know what to do here, we know what to do there. It, and it's because they never were parented with technology themselves. Uh, so as many conferences like yeah. this we can come to as ministry leaders and, and or parents, we gain all these, these great insights and techniques and ways to do this or ways to do that. But a lot of times in the heat of that parenting moment, we always will default back to how we were parented. Right. Um, and because parents today don't have a default with screens, right. uh, they're lost. And so they're either doing something or nothing. nothing. Yeah. Um, but I like to tell the families I talk to, whether you're doing something or nothing, that will move on mm -hmm. with your kids mm. in, the, in the legacy that your family is. Whether you do something or nothing, it, that's going to go from here on out. It, it's going to be, they're, the, they're trailblazing this default of parenting in this area for their families. Right. I um, like to I like to call us pioneer parents totally. because we're in uncharted territories with our digital natives. Right. And like you said, we're blazing new trails and sometimes we're blazing no trails because we're doing nothing because it's easier sometimes to do nothing mm -hmm. than well, to easier. encounter all that goes with taking phones away or limiting time. Easy. Exactly. Yeah. Many and people do. Sometimes you have to do the hard. And, and when there's, there's no point of reference, a lot of times parents just have no idea where to get started. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's, that's why ministers and ministries that can sit down and do some on purpose, hey, we're going to tell you what you can do, give you something tangible to do is so helpful for parents because a lot of times they're just lost. Mm -hmm. um, and a lot of times in this area specifically, parents feel like they're on an island and that nobody else is dealing with this. And because there's so much contention and parenting guilt around this topic, yes. parents don't like to share what they're doing with other, other people because yeah. they feel like, oh, it's going to be too much and I'm going to be looked down upon or it's not going to be enough and I'm going to feel right. bad about or my parents. Or that I'm struggling, yeah. that, right. we're, that we're not, that we're trying really hard, but we're struggling. 
struggling. Yeah. So when when churches and ministries can can create almost this this common ground of like, hey, we're gonna do this. Come and let your air out your questions. Mm-hmm. Let's talk. Let's give you some strategies. Uh, whether you're bringing somebody in or your um, you know your your student minister, or your children's minister is doing something for you. I mean, anything is a fantastic starting point for families. Mm-hmm. Just because they're a lot of times not going to say anything unfortunately, until there's an issue in the home. Um, and that's where a lot of times I, I get people in my ministry going, hey, we're, we're starting to see some stuff. Can you can you come help us? Can you come talk to us, share some things? Right, so what are some of those issues that people are finding? Well, a lot of things are just who my friend, who my kids are connecting to, the friends that right. they're connecting to with social media uh, and different things like that. It's without, if a parent is not constantly having conversations or what I like to call auditing their kids' devices, Mm -hmm. they're not going to know who they're communicating with. When we were growing up, um, we knew who our friends were. Right. Thank you for including us. In yes, that. you're included we, in this one. Well, we're um, a we. Yeah, you're a we in this one. We knew who our friends were. If you said, if someone asked you, who are your friends? You'd probably have about a dozen you'd mm-hmm. say that would consider your friends. Everyone else would be an acquaintance. Whereas today you ask a student, how many, who are your friends? How many friends do you have? It could be hundreds yeah. because everything on social media is a friend or a follower. Right. Um, and that's how we're calculating our friendships. And when parents don't know who's influencing their students, they have a hard time parenting them because yeah. they don't know what issues to even bring up or to talk about. If you had an issue with your parent or you had an issue going on in school, you bring that to your parent. They would know that because they know who that friend is. Mm-hmm. When your, your student is being influenced by a professional influencer through Instagram, Thank whether you. that be a yeah. blogger, a fashion blogger, that's exactly right. Yeah. Whether it be a blogger, a fitness person, a beauty person, a yeah. gamer, whatever it may be, when they're being influenced by those topics, they have no idea unless they're having those conversations about those friends. And so sometimes those those people that their student is interacting with can cause some 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 problems, not even inappropriate problems, just socially, whether it be you know an increase in pride and envy and things like that, because social media is the best case scenario for most people mm. nobody's sharing the worst day that right. are you know the worst images of themselves right. yeah. it most people are it's actually editing uh yes. their photos to make it look even better than it is Absolutely. Uh, and so we have to be in, we have to as parents be willing and understanding that that's the reality that our students are living even though it's virtual it, it is the reality our students are living right. in, in a lot of ways and so we have to be able to to talk to them and parent them around those things mm. and so friends are a huge thing obviously the inappropriate content uh, that's out there is so accessible and that's a, an issue in itself um, but and just putting I'm sorry just putting a filter on I think some parents think okay done right is that enough it, what else needs to be done it's ultimately not enough because a filter is simply um, a, a speed bump for mm-hmm. a student mm-hmm. that is going to or wants to view that content it may keep a student that hasn't had an issue with it away from it longer right but if a student has has an issue with that or a problem or a tendency to go that way it's purely a speed bump because they would will will find a way way and so the best thing a parent can do is they've got to talk about it right like it's a hard issue at that and you're talking mainly about pornography at this point yeah pornography for for sure Mm -hmm. um and it's unfortunately not just the guys that they have to talk to yeah uh they have Mm -hmm. to talk to girls sure um that is the rising you know demographic the rising gender between the two that are viewing this content um because of the the world that we're living in mm-hmm. um, and so it's it's absolutely crazy and at younger and younger ages absolutely what are you finding now for uh when is when are kids finding pornography 
Yeah, so 93% of guys and 62% of girls will see pornography before the age of 18. Will. Not no, not just... Right. Yeah, that's I mean, that's just... Everyone. It's going to. Yeah, right. Yeah. And it's either they sought it out for themselves, a friend showed them, yes. or it, they stumbled upon it. About one in 10 web searches, based on how many pornography websites are on the internet, could end up in an inappropriate site just because of how many there are and you know the the numbers that is the internet and so yeah it's it's crazy so kids parents third grade parents fourth grade parents second grade parents i think families need to start talking about mm -hmm. what they want to to do and what you know age appropriate of course mm -hmm. of what they would like their student to do if that were to show up on their screen you know what's the response not just turn it off and not tell anybody but turn it off and go tell somebody tell. Yeah. so that mom and dad can one have a conversation about what they saw set some expectations for it as well as hey we need to understand that that is what caused this. We might need to add some things to our home to keep that from happening again. So as a parent, mm -hmm. uh, we're both parents of boys right. and girls, but of boys who are in middle school right now. Yeah. That can be an awkward conversation and a hard mm -hmm. conversation to initiate. Sure. How do you, how do you coach parents yeah. in, in how to have that talk? Sure. Well, the, the biggest thing is, is that it's going to only be awkward because it's coming from parents because a middle school boy is already hearing those words in that content, whatever kind of school he's at, whether it be, yeah. you know, whether it be a, a homeschool, you know, co-op, whether it be a private school or a public school. So those, that conversation is there. The best thing that I can tell families is, is if you start early, the conversation about sex and pornography and inappropriate content is, is an okay. It's not a, it's not a, dirty topic Taboo, to not talk right. about exactly right and so as the, as soon as as they can age appropriate they can start having those conversations about what's appropriate what's not appropriate and even i have a second grade son that we're talking about what what are appropriate parts to touch or to show i mean all these different types of yeah. things you have to start talking about these things early again so that things are normative in the house within the home about these types of topics so for us as the church Good. We're, we're not talking, uh, we need to be able to coach parents well right. in regard to these practices. Yeah, absolutely. And so as a, as a ministry, one of the best things that you can do is, is hand out some strategies um, or even create maybe a, a weekend event or something that parents can do over a weekend that this is going to be an intentional time when all of our families in third grade are going to have this conversation. And here's some ways that you can do that if you have a boy. Here's some ways you can do that if you have a girl. And then here's some follow-up you know, things that you're going to do. Um, almost if the church creates a calendar for the family. It's, all right, this weekend we're kicking off here. We're going to have a recap in six months, seven months, eight months, and then we're going to do, at the end of this year, we're going to do another event. Uh, things like Passport to Purity, different, different resources out that exist as well as you get older, um, but the church being able to facilitate and ministries being able to facilitate some of that younger is going to be a huge help. Okay, I'm going to put you on the spot. Okay. If you could tell parents one thing, about what their family needs, what would that be? Yeah, so the biggest thing, um, and I have experience with this, not just because I go and teach at different ministries and things like that across the country, but in Houston, I actually do family coaching, where okay. I go into someone's home and sit down with their family and help them create what I call a family technology plan. So I see this in real life. The biggest thing that, that, that parents can do is communicate more about this topic. And we've just kind of been talking about mm -hmm. it a little bit, but not just communicate about the topic in itself, mm -hmm. but the expectations of their family. A lot of times, and really in any area of our lives, the reason that we have conflict is because expectations are not met. Um, and with families and around technology specifically, 
usually the students don't know the expectations that their parents have for them. Um, and a lot of times parents will um, have an expectation in their mind, but they've not said it with their mouth. Right. And the student is just supposed to know that. And so for parents, they have to communicate those expectations. Mm -hmm. Now, the biggest thing with Gen Z is they want to be heard. And so because mm -hmm. this is an, an area that parents were not parented right. on technology, they're trying to figure this out for themselves. What I encourage all, all of the families I talk to is that you sit down as a family and you hear what you think is fair from your students on how long they should have on the device, when they should put it away. Um, whether you use it or not, Yes. They've been heard, which for them will allow them to have more buy-in to what you're wanting to do. That's really because good. the students know, look, mom and dad don't know nearly what I know about these devices. Yeah. But God has placed them in my life as my authority in this home. Therefore, I've got to follow what they do. And so for them, they've got to give their parents a little bit of grace when it comes mm -hmm. to this. Mm -hmm. But mom and dad also have to be willing to pull back the parenting curtain. Mm -hmm. You know, like the great and powerful laws, that yeah. parenting right. curtain, like, hey, look we're trying to figure all this out like we're not this all got this together type of type of family like in this area we've got some issues so let's sit down together let's communicate let's hear the expectations and agree upon them and with a gen z student in the house they're going to buy into what you want to do a lot easier if you hear them out first like i said whether you do it or not so Excellent. technology is one of those things that you know it can be scary right so we're talking about a lot of scary stuff hard yep. things to talk about kids exposed to things that we don't want them to see, all the damage that can come from that. But there's, yeah. what about the good side? We don't often spend a lot of time, I don't want everyone to just be fearful, sure. right? Mm -hmm. So there's some good that comes from technology as well. Tell us about the good and how we can leverage Absolutely. the good within our ministries. Yeah, so screens are gonna be a part of a student's life. They're not uh, going so, away. Exactly, so <laughs> us trying to say and just to think, oh, these things are a fad, this isn't gonna last long, <laughs> like that's not realistic. So. Some things specifically with mobile devices I would encourage families to do um, to connect well and to use the screen um, is one is, is to use it to build some relationships. Okay. okay. So, um, so things like, you know, having conversations about texts and the communication that students have had with their friends, because when we were growing up, our parents would kind of have an idea of what's going on in our lives right. because we had a phone attached to the wall. Um, and my mom would eavesdrop. <laughs> oh, I would course. hear her cl click the, the slide. She really right. would. You'd, you'd you had hear the, long the other, cord on the phone and you'd hear oh, yeah. down the hall in the closet yeah, with right? the phone. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Not just eavesdrop. No, she'd have, she'd be on oh, the other phone. She's on the other line. And I, like, I would hear it. Breathing heavy. Mom. Right. But. You know, our parents would have an idea, but because of texting and how our kids are our, our kids are communicating, there's really yeah. zero chance of us of parents knowing unless a kid is having a face-to-face -face conversation or a FaceTime through a screen. Right. And so to have a conversation, hey, how are things going with so-and-so? And be intentional knowing that they're communicating to these people through those texts. I'll often see my son on his phone and he's texting and I'm like, hey, who are you talking to? Right. And he'll be like, oh, I'm talking to whoever. And this is his friend's name. I'm like, oh, good. How's he doing? Or, you know... Um, what's going on with him today? Yeah. And so I can, I find I can engage when I see him texting. Sure. It can be easy for me not to look over his shoulder, uh -huh. but for me to ask him a question or two about yeah. who he's texting with and what about yeah. and, and engage that way to get to know his friends. Yeah. And it's a great way to get to know friends as well as just to know some of the things that are going on, issues or maybe some struggles that are going on in that friendship. And you can have that conversation and throw in some insight and 
build a strong relationship that way. Mm. That way. Uh, another thing that, you know, for another level, if you want to take this up a notch, um, share a meme with your student every day. Nice. Oh, my goodness So memes, memes are a huge thing with no students kidding. right now. Like That's how they, they communicate. Absolutely. And they get upset if they don't get tagged in a meme that their friend shared. Yeah. Um, and so it's, it's a big thing. But uh, you're going to find a meme funny. It may not relate no, directly no, with them. No, I do not. I'm sorry, Tony. You don't I find do. any this memes funny? This is where ex-millennials and Gen X All right, part Chuck, you got to find a meme that's going to make her laugh or right, something. I'll do it. I mean, you got to find Every now something. and then, my kids will find one that makes me laugh. And I usually am one that's like a good humored and I think somewhat yeah. cool mom. Trey, stop right, laughing. Challenge accepted. So here's the however, thing. Challenge accepted. However, they will show me these memes and I don't get it. And they're like, mom, <laughs> you, you're not supposed to read it out loud. You're not supposed to ask it's questions. It's like a cucumber that's sliced up and it says, why though? Yeah, right. I don't even. Yeah. Just, <laughs> I don't get it. Yeah. So, okay. but this, this us, would be Tony. even. This would be even okay. great for you then. I need a, I need if a you quick shared win. a meme with your kids, <laughs> yes. they would be like, "What? Mom is sharing memes. We know she doesn't even get those." But and if I you, share the silly how cool mom. How mom would you be? I know. Do you it. say GIF or GIF? That's a debate. I know. I know. Yeah. What is it? Uh, I say GIF. Okay. Um, you say GIF, Trey. Oh, I'm going with Trey. Yeah. Okay. So, so I. You can share those too. I share GIFs, but apparently those aren't. Uh, that's like, oh, the moms all do that. Yeah. And really, it's the memes. Yeah, and those memes are the are ones that I don't connect you with. You could be a meme mom. That's right. Be a meme mom. A mom meme. That'd be great. <laughs> a meme mom. So, but here's the thing. It, it will it will shock. It's a shock and awe your student. So understand that. So it would be a cool thing. And it's just another way for you to talk about what's going on on the screen. So that when you need to have that conversation about something negative on the screen, it's not as like, why are you even asking right, me this? Because never, you've already had right. some conversations around that. It makes sense. So my wife and I have made a point with our girls who are now in college. So, you know, we're not just talking kids, but as we yeah. do with our students and, and older children, we've made a point to get on this platforms that they're on. Sure. So we're on Instagram to yeah. connect with them and we are we're on Snapchat to connect with them. Mm -hmm. And she is very good about pulling out a, a verse, taking a picture and making a little verse yeah. image and sending that out every day that's, to her list of great. followers. And as we get to know our kids' friends, yeah. we friend them as well. Of course. And she includes them in that messaging group too. Well, good. So we're we're trying yeah. in our X or age to connect yeah. with to connect with our Absolutely. with our young people through social media. Yeah, no, that's fantastic because it's an it's an area and a platform that they're on and they're using and it's another way for mom and dad to have you know some FaceTime, quote unquote, right. uh, with their with their their son or daughter. And the last thing I would say about that is is that you can casual game with your student um, because you know yeah. the, the surveys say that most Gen Xers at least play mobile games on their phone of some sort, yeah. and that could be a, an easy way for for a mom or a dad yeah. to connect with their student over a common you know words with friends. It's it's Scrabble, all right, but right. you're able to do that in a casual way yeah. and connect with them through that screen. And so it's not all bad. There can be some good things with it for sure, uh, but like anything. There's got to be, you know, time limits. There's got to be some some restrictions and um, understanding the expectations around the device and using it. Right on, Tony. Thank you so much for being Absolutely. here. Absolutely, Tony. We appreciate you. This has been great. Glad you're part of Etch. Thank you for your yes. ministry and thank you for sharing your insight with us, uh, listeners. If you're looking for links or information, look at the show notes on uh, the website, and we'll get you connected with more details on stuff. Uh, we always want to point you to the Etch Conference. Etch is a podcast, but it's also a place where we gather in person with people like Tony so we can talk together in real time or we can just send each other memes. And if so you have a cool meme, send it to me, one that you think I might get. Send it to me so I can share it with my kids. Do you really mean that? I really mean that. Hey, we'll see you guys <laughs> later. Thanks for listening.